Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Launching a book isn't easy, but it can also launch you into a whole new life. What's important now is that I am a best-selling author and that's awesome. I found my soul on this journey. I found my purpose, you know, in life. In this show, I talk to authors about how they launched and how it took them to the next level. Hi there. Welcome to Launchpad. It's a podcast all about how to launch a book and what a book can do to launch you to the next level. If you're new to the show, I'm so glad you're here. My name is Anna David. I'm the New York Times bestselling author of seven books, and I am the publisher at Launchpad, uh, where we help entrepreneurs write, publish, launch their books. And uh, today I have one of the kindest people I've ever met on the podcast. And when I say met, I mean in the uh, post-COVID-19 way, which is to say that we have met over the phone and on Zoom and we have worked together. Now, this is what we've worked together on. His name is Tyler Wagner. And by the way, this is episode 315 featuring Tyler Wagner. He specializes in helping authors hit the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller lists. And what's interesting is when we were first connected a few months ago, I thought, I looked at what he did and I said, this guy's a competitor because he also has a company that helps entrepreneurs write and publish their books. And this is a guy who is all about collaboration over competition and has really taught me that. And our collaborations have gone well. His company is called Authors Unite. You can find out more about um, him and Authors Unite by just going to authorsunite.com. And if you would like the show notes for this episode, which includes uh, the transcript and key talking points and ways to reach Tyler, all you have to do is go to launchpadpub.com slash blog slash Tyler. Now, in this episode, his tips have to do with reaching out to companies and people with massive email lists. That is how he guarantees placement. He talks about a website called pubby.com where authors can review other authors' books and get up to 100 reviews on their Amazon books. And he talks about uh, ways people can become massively successful as a result of their books. He, uh, a client who, or somebody he had on his podcast, who makes something like $300,000 as a freelance writer, clients who have gone on to launch massive speaking careers and coaching programs and consulting careers and all of that. So that is it for me. I now give you Tyler Wagner. Hi, Tyler. Hey, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So before, just now, before I hit record, I was saying how it's amazing to me how many people do kind of the same thing like we do and how no one's a competitor, that it's all about collaboration over competition. Would you say that's true in this publishing, this wild, wild west? 
Yeah, I do. I think for the most part, I think it is that way. And that's the way like my, my mind works that way in business. Like I don't really see anybody as a competitor. I think there's always a, I think there's always a way to work together. You just sometimes got to find that way. Yeah, it's interesting because I remember I, I was thinking about it this morning. Michael Dash is the person who connected us and he showed me your website and I go, no, 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 don't connect me to him. He's my competitor. And he's like, well, no, he wants to, he's open to being connected to you. So maybe, maybe you're not. And, and some people like you really opened my eyes to what's possible, how much further we can get by collaborating, right? Yeah. No, of course. And I'm so glad Michael did. Cause I mean, look, stuff has already come out of me and you, you know, collaborating. So, and I think there's going to be a lot more in the future. So. so let's talk about your journey and well, first of all, let's talk about you were a college student and then you became a best-selling author. How did that happen? Yeah, so I'll, um, well, it could be really long, but I'll shorten it for you. Give <laughs> so me the medium length version, I was, yeah. I'll give you the medium. So I was 20 years old in college, and that was two years in. And I pretty, after two years, I realized that the path, like the end goal of me graduating would basically be me working in a corporate um, environment, which was not actually of interest of like to me. Um, and what it came down to is in my mind, I was like, I actually would rather live at home with my parents being broke than work a corporate job. And I think that's kind of like the switch that an entrepreneur kind of needs. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like, I'm either going to make it or I'm going to die trying. Like, that's it. <laughs> so I had that mentality. I drop out and I wanted to do public speaking. And what I did to basically keep learning, because I had dropped out of school, was I was reading books. And then reaching out to conference coordinators and asking them if I could uh, help out in any way because I was an aspiring entrepreneur, but I was also eighty thousand dollars in student loan debt, and I did not have five or ten grand to you know give to come to your event. And surprisingly, uh, I literally got to like a hundred plus events for free. I mean, I did put sweat equity, and I ended up meeting people like Tim Ferriss. Like it was it was crazy, and. Um, I basically just connected the dots and all of all of these public speakers that were successful, they all had books and most of them were also like bestsellers. So I decided to write my first book at 20. It either came out in my late 20 or 21 in that area and um, it hit Amazon bestseller. And then from there, I did speak here and there, but what took off a lot quicker was people kept asking me like, dude, I thought you were going down a, like a, a bad path. Like you, you just dropped out and like six months later, you're like a best-selling author, um, which is the way it goes when you grow up in a small town. It's like everybody kind of knows everybody's business. Um, so either way, that's how it all happened. I helped a few people for free and then they gave me testimonials. They got similar results to me. And now eight years later, we've helped almost a thousand people uh, become authors. And Tim Ferriss was a huge inspiration to you, right? Wasn't it reading uh, the yeah. four-hour work week that kind of got you going on this? Yeah, yeah, so I did. That's a pretty crucial part. So when I read that book in college, that is what basically equipped me, I felt, mentally um, to be able to succeed as an entrepreneur. So that kind of – I knew I wanted to drop out, but I felt like that was my compass. So that gave me the courage to drop out. 
Um, and what's interesting is, you know, that book is like goes down in book launch lore because everybody who's in this field knows, and many people who are not even in this field know that he didn't have a platform and he knew he needed, mm. he knew he wanted a bestseller. And so what he did is he strategically went around to conferences, kind of like what you did, like you went to South by Southwest, he got these influencers to support him. Is that, it was, so was he an inspiration in terms of how he launched as well? You know, when I launched my book, I actually didn't know how he had launched his. But now that you're, you're saying that, that, that's definitely similar because what had happened is I was building all of these relationships with all these conference coordinators. Um, and a lot of you know, them were already pretty successful or very successful entrepreneurs. And I never asked them really anything, right? It was you know, obviously to come to their event, but it was more me just helping for free and building a relationship. And then six months later, when my book came out, all of them were willing to support me because I had supported them along the way. And they were mentoring me, so it was definitely mutually beneficial. But um, I feel like it's the Gary Vee type thing. If you just keep giving, then every once in a while when you ask, it's pretty easy to get a yes. So I had a very big launch team um, when I launched my book because of that. And speaking of Gary Vee, you've had him on your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that was cr- that was crazy too. <laughs> how do you pull, how do you pull that off? Yeah. So one of the things I say is the more people I interview, the better my, like life seems to get. So that was a little bit random. Is I actually um, I interviewed this woman, and then at the end of the interview, she was like, "Hey, do you is there like who's your um, like what guest would you want to have the most?" And I said uh, Gary V. And then like two hours later, she sends me a screenshot of a tweet. So she tweeted at him and was like, hey, you got to be on this guy's show. It's, it's a short show. When I first started, my interviews were like 15 minutes. And um, he tweeted back. It was like, fine, like schedule with my assistant. And I was like, okay. And I reached out. I was going to do it, you know, like over, uh, over the web. And then uh, one of my buddies was like, dude, even, even though it's just 15 minutes, you should like try to go in person, like see if he'd be down to me in person. So I reached out. They said yes. So I actually flew to New York to his office and interviewed him in person, um, which was cool because him and Tim Ferriss are like my two biggest entrepreneurial inspirations. And I was able to meet them pretty early on in my career. Wait a minute. So this woman, she didn't even know him. She just was going on your dream guest and tweeted at him and he responded. Yeah, I don't believe she knew him. I don't think so. She may have interacted with him before on Twitter here and there, but I don't think they were like close friends. And um, yeah, literally, it just must have been like, you know, uh, universal just timing or something, you know, like he just he must have been on his phone. And she basically asked him for like 15 minutes of his time to come on my podcast that it would make my day. And it, like immediately after he just said, fine, like hit up my assistant here. <laughs> and I was like, all right, let's do it. Amazing. Well, so, so how many books have you written or co-written at this point? Um, I, it's probably actually around a dozen, but uh, I, I want to clarify that some of these, a majority are kind of like smaller Kindles. I really only view probably like four of them as like real, uh, or no, five, as like legitimate books, I would say, that are like paperback as well. And that's my first one when I was 20. And then I've also done four um, co-authoring books that have actually 99 other people in them. 
Um, so those are pretty, you know, thick uh, books as well. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about those. So it's kind of like the chicken soup for the soul uh, way yeah. of doing a book. Um, mm -hmm. So, because I'm, uh, my company is actually now doing something like that, where basically you you give people the opportunity to buy to buy a spot in a book that you guarantee will be a success. Is that how that works? Yeah. So that that's what I did, and I I think it's actually. So this is what I'll tell you about the journey of it. Is it was definitely worth doing, and it was an amazing experience. It's definitely a lot of work to manage like a hundred different authors. So I will say just, you know, be prepared that it's, um, it's awesome. But after four, I kind of was like, I, I just, I'm personally not going to do them anymore, but, but it was definitely very helpful. And it was really cool to, to like kind of, as you know, working with one author is incredible. And like, it's kind of like, it's their child, like somebody's uh, book. It's, it's a very personal um, experience. So to do that with a hundred people at once, it's very fulfilling once it's finished, but I, I'm just, you know, making sure people are aware. It's definitely a bumpy road. Like all hundred never turn in their chapter on time. That's never happened. I don't think it ever will. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a fun experience. Though. Okay. For the record, the one I'm doing, we're aiming for 20 spots, and that sounds like so many. I cannot imagine trying to corral a hundred people. Um, yeah, yeah. 20 so would not it, be easy, but definitely better. <laughs> so, and so the idea is you are allowing people to have the credibility of being a part of a best-selling book without having to do an entire book themselves. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, that was kind of the selling uh, proposition and, and the way that it kind of worked from like my, the business side, right? Because on that, like what I did is there was a hundred people in each book. I charged $300 per spot. So I really didn't, like I didn't profit much like on the upfront, but what did happen going back to relationships is they got to see and be involved in the experience and see the results I was able to get them all. And then actually a decent amount of them, I'd say, out of each hundred, I probably had 15 to 20 of those hundred that then converted and became like one-on-one um, -on -one clients in our higher end right. services. Um, so it's definitely, it's a great top of the end. And it's, it's really fun to do it in a community. You know, it's, it's definitely a fun experience. Fun being a relative word. It sounds like a, yeah. a nightmare on a certain level. Um, and for those <laughs> books, okay, so your artistry, if you will, yeah. is you know how to make a book a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. Can you tell me mm -hmm. how you do that? Yeah, for sure. So the process to doing it, so those lists, they are recorded basically from book scan, right? So it's, they are 100% based on book sales. Um, which is, you know, very good thing. So it's very measurable. So we promote from Sunday to Saturday. And what I've done over the past eight years is just build up relationships with people that have really large email lists of uh, readers that have basically opted in saying they want to be notified when books are discounted in specific niches. So most of the books we do are nonfiction, like business, personal development. We can also do fiction. It's just uh, most of our clients are nonfiction and we will do these large email blasts from Sunday to Saturday. And the, one of the tricks is you don't want all of your sales to come from just Amazon. You want them to be diversified. So we have, uh, we promote Amazon, Barnes and Noble and Kobo. Most people probably don't even know what Kobo is. 
it's the Walmart bookstore. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, it typically pans out, let's just say on average, 10,000 sales uh, are, are made during that week. And let's say like 8,500 are on Amazon, 1,000 are on Barnes & Noble, and like 500 are on, are on Kobo. And, um, you know, depending on the competitiveness of the week, each week's different. Um, a, another kind of tip is summertime seems to be way less competitive we got somebody number two, Wall Street Journal, and I think they only sold like 6,500 um, copies in a week, and they were number two. And then, wow. whereas, you know, if you're trying to launch first week of January, you know, you're probably looking at more like needing like 12 to 15,000, something along those lines. And one of my clients, I think, you know, she used your service, and I think she was, I don't know, yeah. number 10 on those lists. I don't I, even know. I think she got, so I think she was number six or seven on Wall Street Journal, and then she was number 75 on USA Today. So that's, that might be another thing if you want me to kind of explain how yes. that, to, where, yeah, like a lot of people think that Wall Street is, is harder because it has less spots. The, the way Wall Street's actually done it though is they have, it's like six different lists. So it's like a hardcover list, an ebook list, and then that's for just nonfiction. Then they have a fiction list and some other ones in there as well. But USA Today, there's 150 spots, but it includes all the genres. So you're going up against, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, Harry Potter, um, all those types of books. And people might not know this, but like fiction books get sold way more than nonfiction. So it's it's just it's a whole other uh, league to go against. Um, so either way, uh, you know, number 75 on USA Today equated to number seven on the Wall Street Journal. And, um, that's very, very typical. We've actually, we've done a little over a hundred of these launches and only one actually didn't hit both. They, they hit number eight on Wall Street and missed USA Today completely. All the other ones are usually top 100 on USA Today and then top 10 on Wall Street Journal. And they must hit other lists too. Do they sometimes hit the New York Times list? So New York Times, right, because you've, you've had a New York Times, is um, it, the New York Times is a little different. And I think like 10 years ago or more, it used to be like even more different. So I'll say no uh, to that. We are actually working on a New York Times campaign right now. They have an audiobook list. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of like a beta version right now. So in a few months, maybe we'll do another interview. I'll have an update for you. <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome. But as it's an opinion piece. So that's the problem is I, we always tell our clients like there is a chance but it actually it has to be the uh, paperback or hardcover sales, not the ebook. And it's also even if you get the sales uh, like top ten, um, they could choose not to put you on for whatever reason they decide because it's an opinion piece. So that one's a little trickier. And so talk about this. You built relationships with these people with the big email list. What does that mean? Who are these magical people? Yeah, for sure. So basically over the years, I've wasted probably over $100,000, like a lot of money uh, on like trying out all these ebook sites. Uh, there's, if you go online and type in like ebook sites or something, there's actually websites out there that have blogs that like list like hundreds to thousands of them. There's, there's very, there's a ton of them. 
the thing is, is that most of them, I don't know if it's that they're, I don't want to say they're fake. I, I don't know if it's that they're fake or they just don't work well. It's one or the other. But from trial and error, uh, you know, you pay them a hundred bucks. They say they're going to mail their list of like 70,000 to um, 80,000 people. And this is just an example of one. And then typically you, you get like five to 10 sales, you know, which to me is like something's off with that, that ratio. Like that's very low conversion. Um, so either way, I tried a bunch of these and then I found like 10 to 15, depending on which uh, niche it's in that actually did perform well. That got me like a thousand sales, got me 2000 sales. And then I, it kind of clicked because I knew how wall street and USA today worked. I just didn't know how to get that, uh, amount of sales basically to hit it. So then, then it just kind of clicked. I was like, if I bring all like 15 of these email lists together, we will be able to hit those lists. So that's that, that's how that's how it happened. Trial and error, and then bringing together a team. And so basically, you pay them, you, and, yeah. and and you have them send it out all at once, and you've got it down to a system. Yeah, exactly. And just to give it an example, it's like if because a lot of people know BookBub. They're not one of our uh, like direct partners, but it's almost as if like, it's kind of like having like 10 to 15 book bubs in a sense, right? All, all lined up and like all ready to fire during one week. Um, yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, BookBub is this, is this site where you can apply to have your book featured and it's pretty expensive. I mean, it's like $800. It's not cheap. And it's incredibly yeah. competitive. I will admit I have been rejected by BookBub, but I don't know anyone who hasn't okay. been. So nobody really knows how they pick or what their, you know, what their criteria are. But I, yeah, I've heard anecdotally that it, it just, it doesn't result in as many sales as you might think. Yeah, see, I've heard it's, and that's kind of the difference, I think, with our services. Like, we're actually, and this is how all of our services are, just the way that my brain works with doing business. I just think, like, if you want something and I can, you know, provide it to you, I'll guarantee it or yeah. a full refund. So that, that's yeah. just the way we do things for everything. But with BookBub, I've actually heard kind of both sides of the coin. There was a fiction author that I spoke to who did not end up becoming a client, but he was a potential and he said he used BookBub. I think he paid 800 bucks and got like 3,000 sales. So, you know, when I told him our fee to get like 10,000 sales, he was like, okay, that's way off. Like, no way am I doing that. And I was like, that's fair enough. But he didn't hit a list. So, so even though he got 3,000 sales, he didn't hit USA Today with his fiction book. And um, so either way, and then I've heard, like you said, people pay the 800 bucks and it just doesn't convert well with their list. And they get like a hundred sales or something, you know, and that's kind of, that's a miss. So tell me what, and your website is chock full of these, but what can a book do for your career? What have you seen your clients? What has transformed? What has this done for them? Yeah, good. A good recent example is the Bezos letters. Um, that one's really going on. And obviously, you know, just to bring it up, Quickly, the COVID did mess a few things up, um, as I think it did for everybody. But I was actually speaking to the co-author of the Bezos earlier this week. I think it was on Monday. And um, so we, we launched their book. They hit number two, Wall Street Journal and USA Today. I forget which number on USA Today. And then from there, they worked with a publisher, Morgan James. 
they basically leveraged those accolades to then pitch it to foreign publishers to like sell foreign rights. And now the book is like, I think it's in like 25 different languages. It was on, there's pictures of it like on billboards in Tokyo and stuff. Like it's just so crazy. Like I, um, and I don't know much about that specific world of foreign rights, but it's like the foundation is built. Then you can go to foreign rights and then media opportunities open up. You know, they've been on top 20 books of 2020 in a Forbes article. They've been in a CEO magazine with Michelle Obama and some other uh, Elon Musk's mother was in it. It was like top nine books of this year. Like, so it's the foundations laid, then media starts to snowball. And then they actually booked, she said they had three really high end speaking engagements because the Bezos letters, what it's about is how to grow your business like Amazon. I think that's the exact subtitle. So they had uh, conferences and companies that hired uh, him to speak. I, I believe it's multiple. I, I don't know the exact amount, but I think it's tens of thousands of dollars. And but all of them got canceled <laughs> because of because of COVID. So, um, but that's the way it can go, right? So it doesn't. To just conclude that you don't stop at bestseller. Bestseller is really where it all begins, and then you leverage that accolade to really grow it in all these different. Past. They also have a membership course, uh, you know, so membership course, speaking, consulting, book sales, foreign rights, like there's so many different avenues of revenue uh, from it. And I saw something on your site that says something like this, this person has a, I just remember the number because it was very random and very high, a $237,000 a year freelance writing career. Things like that. Oh, Who has yeah, a $237,000? I used to be a freelance writer. That's a really, most freelance writers have a $27,000 a year career. So like, who's that? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, so that's another podcast thing is, um, so I interviewed her and I was blown away by her story as well. I was like, I was like, this is great. I will tell you, she's written over like 10,000 blogs for people. So just realize she is a writing machine. Like it's, it's wild. <laughs> so, but either way I interviewed her and I was like, Hey, look, I think if you did a course, you know, we could partner up. Um, we'll do the marketing, you do the content. And I think this could help a lot of people because I do see a shift in like the economy, especially now I get, you know, just cause the, I think it was happening either way, but people are starting to transition to become freelancers and entrepreneurs rather than work in a corporation. And writing is a very good place to start and in her case to, you know, grow to multiple six figures. So that's how it came to be. And I actually think um, last year she did like 350K um, from it, which, and this is literally using Fiverr, this website called Fiverr. She's a pro seller. She charges like $100 a blog. And then um, she, she writes small eBooks, writes press releases. She has like 10 different gigs and it's, you know, it's all automated because she's built up her profile now, like with all these good reviews and she has a system and um, yeah, either way, she's just crushes it, but she definitely writes all day, every day, <laughs> a lot of writing. 10,000 shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I could so, not do it. <laughs> so what, so what are some other, so aside from speaking, from courses, from consulting, from coaching, what are some other possibilities for people once they have a book? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say it's, I think media is really the next big move. It's, and, and then also I'd say to continue writing, right? So I actually interviewed 
um, Mark Victor Hansen, uh, mm-hmm. like last week, who's the co-founder of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And um, he has 59 New York Times bestsellers. And one of the things he said, and this is like pretty basic when you think about it, but every book he does now, he puts all of his other books in the front like page. So it's almost like they're all intertwined in this own little like funnel that he's created. And um, what was interesting to hear uh, that he said, he said a lot of his book sales came from partnerships, right? So they would look at like who, um, who has an audience that's really large that would also be a good fit to be a reader of this book. And then, you know, they would reach out and create these partnerships with them. And then, you know, they get promoted to like thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in one push from a partnership. And um, so, yeah, that's, he has a whole other strategy, but that's one of them. So I'd say, you know, keep writing and then like think about how you can turn the content of that book into other services and offers, which is, you know, kind of what we already said, but um, there's always ways to like, like make the content into different formats. Cause some people don't like to read, like they they'll pay 300 to a thousand dollars, $300 to a thousand dollars to watch a course. And some people just want it done for them. Right. Like a lot of the clients, you know, when we do wall street USA today campaigns, they're just like, yo, you can teach me, but I don't want to, I don't want to find all these partners. Like I don't want to deal with all that. Just, just here's the money. Just do it. <laughs> you know? Right. So I think it's like building, building that value ladder all the way from a $20 book all the way up to a $50,000 done for you offer. And then everything in between. And you know, then you can't really miss out on any potential customers. I, that's what I'd say. And and what are some what are some other secrets to a successful launch aside from these newsletter partners? You spoke yeah. on Paul Brody's um, uh, summit yeah. about Pubby.com. Oh yeah, Pubby's cool. Let's talk about that because I tried it after you uh, suggested it and I'm a little bit confused by it. So basically, it's a website where you write reviews and you get reviews. Um, I yep. signed up. I didn't really get what was happening and I missed my deadline. So um, but then, meanwhile, someone did a review of, of mine. But like, are people even reading the books? Like, what is this service? Yeah, yeah. So again, this comes from the podcast. So I interviewed um, this uh, girl, Kristen. Um, and I'm interviewing her and she's the co-founder of Pubby and she's telling me about this and I'm like, I have never heard of any, I've been in the space for eight years. Like this was pretty recent, like six, six months ago, I think, or something like that. And you know, I've tried all these things where basically you'll pay a website and then they have these like lists of people that want to read your book and they'll blast it to the list and they're like, Hey, on average, you'll get 10 reviews from this, but no guarantee Um, and none of them have really worked well. So then she told me about this and the way that it works from my understanding is that, uh, so her brother's the the coder or developer, which I'm not a tech person. So excuse me for anybody listening, (laughs) I'm going to try my best here. And, um, so you go in and it's a community of readers and authors and you post your book on there. And then the more books that you review, the more like points in the community that you get. And then you can use those points to basically advertise your book to the community. And then they choose if they want to get the book and review it. Are all of them reading the whole book? I'd say probably not. 
Um, well, definitely not. Definitely not all of them. Some of them, I think, read it all. Some of them probably just look at the notes because I think, you know, when you put your book up there, you sign up and you can put little, like, the description of your book and, you know, little pieces. So some people are definitely taking shortcuts, I'd say. But, you know, I've seen people, some of my clients get up to 40 reviews in like a month uh, from this, right? So it's, it's better than anything I've ever seen <laughs> as far as getting reviews. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to try again. Like I said, I screwed it up and, um, and I felt guilty and I, I, cause I got a review. I didn't give one and I got reprimanded by some bot on the site. So, and just to, to clarify, from my understanding, I think the workaround that they created is that I believe Amazon's terms, you cannot like swap reviews. So like if right. me and you, can, we're not allowed to be like, hey, I'll review your book if you review mine. That's against the terms. Right. So this is like a, a developer who's you know, way smarter than me when it comes to this. He, create, he put a piece of code in there. So any book that you review, it will automatically cancel out that author and they will never see your book on the platform. So there's no chance of swapping. And so it's all honest reviews and you're just, and there's no chance of the swap. So it's actually totally fine in regards to the terms of service. And, and can you talk about, and, and we'll, we got to get close to wrapping up. This has been awesome. But what is oh, yeah, the significance of reviews on Amazon? How important is that for a book launch? Um, okay. So for a book launch, right? Like the hit bestseller, I would say it's not extremely important. Like we like our authors to have anywhere from like 15 to 25 reviews on their book. Um, when we're doing like a bestseller campaign, but as far as it's more about the, the overall sales, like over years of time, like if you look at all the best books out there, they all have like at least hundreds. Most of them have thousands of reviews, like the top, top books. Um, and to me, it's just, you know, kind of basic psychology. Like if you go to Amazon and you're looking for a book or any other product or even a service, right? Like that's why our website has all of our customer, well, not all, but some video testimonials and all these reviews. Cause that's, I think people, that's how they make a purchase decision. It's not just what the person selling is telling you. They want to hear about other people that have experienced your offer. So, you know, just very quickly, you go to an Amazon page, you see a thousand plus reviews with like a four to five average rating. Trust is immediately built. If they're interested in the topic, I think they'll make an impulse purchase very quickly. Whereas if it says like two reviews, they're going to be like, what is this? This is not proven. Like, I, I don't want any of this. <laughs> so that's what I think. And, and speaking of impulse purchase, how much does pricing matter? Do you advise people on pricing? Should ebooks always be $9.95 and paperbacks $14.95? Or do you have any sort of ideas around that? Yeah. So um, what we've seen, like when we do our launches, we discount it to $0.99, cents, right? Just for that week. Um, and that, you know, works very well just to get that first like 10,000 people into your book. And then um, from there, three ninety nine is a is a two ninety nine or three ninety nine for an ebook is a is a pretty good sweet spot. It does also depend uh, how I do it is a little bit on length, right? So like a three hundred page book, I think would look a little bit weird at two ninety nine. But your average, you know, like I don't know, hundred to hundred fifty page book, three ninety nine in that range is good. And then um, paperback, we either do $14.99 or $19.99, depending on length. Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, this has been fantastic. If people would like um, to find out more about you and use your incredible service, should is authorsunite.com the best place to go? Yeah, that's the best spot. And then if they have any specific questions, my email is tyler at authorsunite.com. And he answers emails and is a total delight. So Tyler, thank you so much. You guys, thank you so much for listening. This guy is the real deal. And I'm so happy to be a, a, a work partner with him. So as usual, if you like the episode, please throw up a nice review. Don't throw up. Put a nice <laughs> review up there. You just heard Tyler talk about how important reviews are. Same is true for podcasts. Thanks, you guys. I will see you next time. And thank you, Tyler. Of course.